Hello everybody and welcome back to the Film Vice. My name is Paul. On today's episode, Javier and myself speak to you on our thoughts for Spider-Man No Way Home as well as The Matrix Resurrections. We also exchange to you our thoughts on two TV shows that we're still currently watching and enjoying. Anyway, with that being said, we will jump straight into the episode and thanks again for listening. Then we get then we get the lawsuit. <laughs> These guys never paid me royalties. <laughs> like, oh man. I cooked you dinner, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that means nothing. <laughs> So welcome back, everybody, to the Film Vice. Uh, it's been a while with me and uh, me, Paul, since it's been a while, and Javier. Hello. Uh, yeah. So It has uh, been a while, Paul. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time our episode was. I think it was when Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League came out. Yeah, that was that. another win, another yeah. superhero win for us fans. And now we're we're having to reunite for another superhero win. It's been a it's been a great couple of years, man. Yeah, it really has. Being a being a fan of comic books specifically, it's been it's been a crazy ride. I'm surprised that we've gotten so lucky that in our lifetime we got the Avengers, we got Endgame, then we got the Zack Snyder Justice League, and then I mean, I, obviously we're gonna talk about No Way Home. You have to, like the biggest movie of the year that ended the year. Also, <laughs> <laughs> ended the shittiest couple of years. Oh man, I just got a weird thought of whether or not Betty White saw No Way Home. Has you know anyone what? asked that? That's uh, you say that, and I actually just thought the same thing. I was about to say, "Let's well, <laughs> all hope that Betty White got to see it." But dude, Betty know. White is just this blanket around anything that's fun now you know what i mean like you have one good thought and someone's just like well yeah i mean that's funny but betty white's still dead yeah god (laughs) yeah i'm glad you enjoyed no way home javier but betty white she's dead (laughs) (laughs) she's just taking everybody with her one at a time it seems like every spider-man celebrity's gone she's not taking my (laughs) spider-man she'll get to him at some point (laughs) But uh, I feel fucking horrible that I'm laughing about this shit right now. Oh, rest of, rest of peace, Betty White. I know we knew each other personally, and we <laughs> hung out all the time. And I'm just so sad in that. <laughs> you know what's funny is that uh, someone asked me when she passed away, uh, how did she die? It's <laughs> just like, What? <laughs> A motorcycle accident. <laughs> Her parachute didn't open. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know what to say to that, man. <laughs> Do you know how old she was? Are you aware of this? 
<laughs> How do most 99-year-olds die? Oh, yeah. Bar, bar fight? <laughs> Barroom bra? I mean, oh, it's man. Betty White. You never know, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Back to No Way Home, man. Um, I, I was so... Like, when it was first being rumored that it was even a thing, I didn't believe it. You know, it's such a thing that's just so completely far fetched that you wouldn't think it was anywhere near actually going to be made. And when it started getting more and more, oh man. And I don't want to sound like a fanboy or anything, but it started getting real whenever they uh, they signed Alfred Molina publicly. And then I just started losing my fucking mind. Uh, but even then, there was always like speculation on my part that they weren't going to be in it. And I know that, uh, oh man, I mean, are we gonna, are we spoiling shit? It's been a while, right? I mean, it's been like almost a month. So, right. (laughs) Okay. So, if you haven't seen it by now, you really don't want to, as they say in the office. So, (laughs) so look, Film Vice, we want to talk about No Way Home. If you happen to be listening and for some reason, somehow, you have not been able to go out and watch this movie, spoiler alert, I, I want to talk about this with you, Paul. Do you think there's anyone out there right now who hasn't seen this movie with the amount of numbers they're pulling in? I haven't seen it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What's a (laughs) Spider-Man? I've heard of man and I've heard of spiders. (laughs) You mean it's more than just a comic book? What? (laughs) It's uh, X-Men came out uh, just really quick uh, for a little backstory, but X-Men came out before the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, right? Am yeah. I wrong on that? No. I I don't know. I I want to say Spider-Man came out first, but Me too. But then I I remember X-Men being there, just somehow there as like the first presence of a comic book movie I remember seeing because it wasn't really that full of action. It was very stiff. Kind of boring in some place, you know, like the way superhero movies were back then. Yeah. And I remember Spider Man coming out right after that, and that one being like, "Whoa, okay, this was fucking awesome." Two thousand was when the first uh, movie came out for X Men. I yeah, I remember going to go see it, but I didn't walk out of that theater being like, "Oh my god, did you see? He- did you see Wolverine's suit?" Because he couldn't do that because they changed everything. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of action in it. It was very political, a lot of talking. But and even when it went into the climax at the very end, uh, it wasn't even that big of a deal, really. You know what I mean? It was just kind of very lukewarm. Yeah. I remember being a kid in the theater, getting ready to see Spider-Man, watching people walk out of the theater that just saw it, and everyone was so pumped. You could see it in their faces that, Spider-Man is just everyone's favorite hero. You know what I mean? Even if I, I would say, oh, man, look, Paul, for example, you like Batman, right? I do. You're like a huge Batman fan, right? Yeah. What's behind you on your wall right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not Spider-Man. It's Batman. <laughs> I have a My Spider-Man point? wall. <laughs> so I'm just trying to make a quick point that um, for Zack Snyder's Justice League, or the Avengers, you know? There's always something about Spider-Man that's a lot more marketable to a, a, just a much more wider audience. You know what I mean? There's people that can hate a superhero movie, but they'll enjoy a Spider-Man flick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and 
also it's like you know with when that spider-man movie came out it was really the first time you felt like a superhero in the movie exactly actually as stan lee says you can't make a spider-man movie without being in the air and swinging with spider-man to get that full effect of what spider-man is doing you know and exactly was, like you can't really do something like that with the x-men movies because you know no. X-Men movies do have a tendency of uh being political at some point you know even in the comics and you know things like that so i mean regardless it's a good movie and you know it kind of put things in the right direction to get things to where we are spider-man just kind of like leaped it way more into that direction it did because if you look at the formula of marvel movies now and compare the first spider-man to it it's all it it fits right into what the style that they're making right now with marvel movies the Captain America's, the Thor's, Iron Man, Spider Man fits right in there. Even back with Tommy McGuire. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did you see it opening day? I didn't see it opening day. I saw it that Saturday though. Did so, you have it spoiled? No, I didn't. But I mean, that's something that kind of uh, kind of irritates me as well because, like, I mean, I get it. You know, everyone's excited. They want to know like what's going on in the movie and things like that. But even before you seen the movie, like no matter how many people were like, oh, they're not going to show, they're not going to show. Everyone knew that they were going to show. Come on. I I felt like it was the worst kept secret (laughs) ever. And it wasn't even Marvel's fault. It was just all the fanboys and everyone who's, uh, you know, uh, who's doing like the the secret leaks and, you know, things. Let us us be surprised, you know? But did you you see any of those leaks or did you go in not even knowing? I saw the pictures. And, uh, you know, of course, Andrew Garfield, like, denying them and stuff. And I'm just like... Him just, with the blue back background. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, like, I felt bad for the guy because, you know, he's over here trying to do press for his Tick, Tick, Boom movie. And people are just bombarding him with all these, are you in Spider-Man? Are you in Spider-Man? Not even asking him about his other movie that he's <laughs> currently... Knowing that he's probably signed a, a non-disclosure agreement for spider-man regardless whether he's in it and they're still pushing him to, to be like are you in it are you in it and it's like come on man like give the guy a yeah break. for for a little bit of context for anyone that, that's listening there was a photo that leaked oh and there was a video too that leaked of andrew garfield on set in front of a blue screen what looked like a set of a scaffolding on the side of a building and uh, it was just a quick little clip, and they released it, leaked it, saying that, yeah, he's in the movie. And then interview after interview after that, Andrew Garfield kind of had to defend himself against that video, saying that it was a Photoshop. I remember they wouldn't even ask him about the video, you know? Like, they, they had to strictly keep it to the photo, because there's no way he can explain the video. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just a, it was a shit show. I saw some stuff, too. Like, I saw that picture. And then I saw some, like a quick, man, on my YouTube stories, you know how you're just scrolling through YouTube. I saw one where they were breaking down the trailer, how the trailer that dropped in India for Spider-Man No Way Home was three seconds longer on a certain clip. And in those three seconds, you see the lizard man getting like kicked by something that's invisible. Yeah. And they're saying, don't, oh, don't you see? This is the scene. It's all three of them. They, they added one of them out, blah, blah. And it was pretty convincing because when I, man, I stayed there rewatching that like 15 second <laughs> breakdown over and over again. But I agree. It was the worst kept secret. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's even a thing. 
So yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, if anyone still hasn't seen that movie, Tully McGuire, Andrew Garfield, they do show up. And it's amazing. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you here with the curveball here. Okay. Okay. So I didn't like the first three fourths of the movie. <laughs> yeah, man. I gotta be honest. I didn't really love the the first uh, anything leading up to the gates opening and showing me my childhood come to the screen. Yeah, I was very like, uh, you know, it it didn't it just didn't connect with me. Like, you know, uh, the story homecoming uh, or far from and, home. It just because home because uh, with Spider Man Homecoming, right, the first of the Tom Holland trilogies. That whole ride, even watching it again, and I saw it again after No Way Home, it's awesome. I mean, from start to finish, that movie's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Far From Home, it starts to stumble a little. It seems like the more they incorporate Spider-Man into the overall everything that has to do with the Avengers, you know, I start liking it less. Yeah. So when it's just him against the Vulture with a little bit of Iron Man and Homecoming, I loved it. When it's him in Paris, and then it's like Nick Fury, Shield, and then it has Mysterio. They're talking metaverse. I mean, multiverse. I'm kind of like, ah, whatever. Now with this one, even more, man. Like I was so relieved. Ah, man, I'm just like, uh, it's. I'm skipping all over the place. So, basically, for this new Spider-Man, what I like the least about him is that he was tied to the Avengers. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I don't want him to be a part of any of that. And it's cool that Avengers, they had Spider-Man awesome, but uh, the most fun that I've had with the Spider-Man is when he's alone, away from all that chaos, off away from all these, this movie connects with that movie, and this means this, and stay tuned for these credits because Spider-Man is going to do this. Um, I just like a good Spider-Man adventure, and uh, that's why the first... Like you said, the first three forts, I don't really like them. You know, they they kind of they're hard to grasp onto because you have a guy, Doctor Strange, right, who needs three teenagers to help him bring back people that he can bring back in like a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the Doctor Strange movie, man. There's this giant demon who wants to swallow up the whole world. And he puts him in a time loop where he, he pretty much annoys him to death. <laughs> He's like, fine, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. But he can't capture like a some 60-year-old guy on a mechanical glider. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and Jamie Foxx, like, uh, I admit he's like the most challenging one with the electricity, but he's fucking Doctor Strange. I mean, I just don't even – Yeah. So I, you have to take a big leap in logic. To think that Doctor Strange, who laid it all on the line and sacrificed 50% of the whole universe in the hopes that the 1% chance that they had would bring everyone back and like save everyone, this guy who looked through infinite possibilities, the only possibility he saw to wrap this one up is to leave it on three people who still eat ramen for dinner. I just like, <laughs> dude, they're fucking college kids, man. <laughs> they're like... They have to pull out money to get cab fare, you know, to get yeah. across town. <laughs> and this guy who lives in this huge fucking like mausoleum, no, y'all do it. I mean, I know I fucked it up, but no, I mean, y'all do. It. It's just, it's just you, you comical. Got you got it's it. funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was, I just, I couldn't get into it. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was just because, you know, I've seen Tom Holland and Zendaya do like more serious things nowadays to see them kind of go back into like, oh, I'm a high schooler, you know. I'm a kid again. I'm immature. It's like, it's kind of hard for me to go back into that. I mean, I like, you know, what they do with the character and things like that, but it's just, it, I felt like they had an opportunity to move it up in a more like you know dramatic sense to which they did a little bit further on in the movie but in the beginning of it it was just like these kids playing around trying to catch these guys and it's like it was and i get in the first and i get in the first act what you're saying that you can keep it fun right because they are kids Mm -hmm. but they maintain that scooby-doo mentality throughout the whole thing and it was just really uh it was i don't know it was weird Hearing Doctor Strange say Scooby-Doo this shit, and yes, they change it from the trailers, from Scooby-Doo this crap to Scooby- I still don't understand what the fuck that means, man. Like, when did Scooby-Doo ever go around collecting people? You know what I mean? I guess they do capture them, but I, I just, I guess the biggest question is, what kind of fucking Scooby-Doo is Doctor Strange watching? <laughs> What's Scooby-Doo to him? Even while I was in the theater... Um, when it got to those moments where, like, uh, when Tommy McGuire, right? Let, let's start with Andrew Garfield, okay? okay. I, I hated Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies. Were you a fan of the, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies? I, I wasn't originally. Have you rewatched them? I did. I rewatched Did, did, it, did you love everything. them? I did. I loved them more Me too, man. when Holy I rewatched shit. them. God, man, I feel like such an asshole, like just hating on those movies just because I was, I think, younger and they were encringing on my Tobey Maguire territory and I took it all personally, you know what I mean? (laughs) I remember watching the first one and liking it. And then I think the second one, when it came out, I just, I didn't really have much interest in watching the Mm. second one. So when I rewatched them, I... I think it was like my first real time watching the second one from beginning to end. Me too, man. I I had the similar experience. Uh, Once I watched those, I wanted to, well, actually I watched it before no way home because I have a daughter and she's nine. So we saw all of them. uh, I mean, we saw every single one leading up to it. And I think the amazing Spider-Man movies were the ones I enjoyed the most and also shocked by that. Man, and I, I remember even saying, like, man, Maddie, when that's your name, Maddie, when I was a kid, I hated these. <laughs> like, I wanted nothing to do with them. And I thought that was stupid. But watching it now, best web swinging, best Peter Parker, in my opinion, best Spider Man quips, best action. I mean, it was just a great, great, well, not best action. That's Spider Man 2, Tommy McGuire, all the way. <laughs> but still, I was very surprised, man. And I, I'm glad that I'm a fan of them now because now it seems like. There's a very tight collection of Spider-Man movies that all connect together. And it's just like, you know, that Blu-ray package is going to be fucking great. You know, <laughs> buy the complete collection, you know. <laughs> they have it on Voodoo already. It's like eight movies. Really? For like Seriously? 100 bucks or something. <laughs> I want the tin. I mean, it's going to come with a web shooter you could wear and a fucking poster and all that. <laughs> they're gonna make man they're gonna ride this movie forever to the bank <laughs> Probably. 
Yeah, this is like uh, Star Wars big with the with the amount of records that it's breaking. And do you think Sony's going to look at all this money and be like, no more, <laughs> we're done? No, yeah. man, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna reach out to Andrew. They're gonna reach out to Toby. Like, hey, man, let's talk, baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> look at all this cheddar. Y'all did this. <laughs> what do you want to do? What do you want to do? We don't have to ask Marvel for permission. They're just. <laughs> We can do whatever we, can we do want. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the only one we got to ask permission for is with Tom, and that's it. But <laughs> <laughs> Disney's not here right now. <laughs> Rewatching them, I didn't understand. I guess at, when I first saw him, the emotional damage that he had, just in general, all around, like not even with just Glenn and you know things like that, just how his life is, his inner turmoil. Yeah, everything. Every- Every time, I mean, uh, you got to give credit that that's a hundred percent Andrew Garfield just being a badass actor. Yeah. Like there are so many times where he gets in a little argument that lasts like thirty seconds with his uncle Ben, but in those thirty seconds, it's like, man, this fucking guy is pissed off. You know, he's just like very sad and shit. And yeah. it was good, but he's just such a great actor. They lucked out getting him at a time where he's not such a powerhouse now. You know? Yeah. Now he's like, give me that money. I know I'm worth it. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Man, like what you said about Tick Tick Boom, he's getting such praise for that. He's like such critical acclaim for his work on that. And even before that, what was the last thing he did? Uh, I don't remember, man. He's just Spider-Man. But I'm just saying exactly what you're saying, that he, he can be such an amazing actor, and this year will only be the year of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so... You mentioned gonna, Andrew Garfield now, and it's back to Spider-Man, back to where he was years ago, and he shook that off. He made great movies, and now it's like, hey, Spider-Man, like, son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Apparently, from what I've read, he, he he likes it, you know, to get that closure for being Spider-Man or whatever. But, uh, you know, still, like, I feel like this has the potential for him to, because he's getting great praise for Tick, Tick, Broom, Boom. And he has the potential of being at least nominated or possibly even winning an Oscar. And for he, Tick Tick? Yeah, for Tick Tick Boom. And the whole time that he was trying to do that, the whole press conference for it. Are you in Spider-Man? Like, come on. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> This is my movie. This is my time. And you're going to ask me about Spider-Man? Like, <laughs> Hey, he's I the one that agreed that. to it. <laughs> no, I wish him the best. And he's a great actor, and I'm very surprised watching the Amazing Spider-Man movies again, how much I liked those two specifically, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, man, we got so lucky, Paul. We got so lucky that we lived in an era we actually got to see this happen. I mean, it's completely unheard of. We happen to be born in the generation where, like, nerd money is making all these amazing decisions. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. people are growing up in these amazing roles of leadership, and they can just wave their hand and do whatever they want. It's great. Yeah, people that used to be like, "Man, comics suck," and blah blah blah. Why are you reading that stupid comic? And it's like, didn't I see you at the opening of Spider Man <laughs> the other night? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crying. <laughs> You're not emotionally involved in these characters like I am, you jerk. <laughs> Let's talk about um, the the Gwen Stacy scene, right? That was huge. 
So if anyone hasn't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I don't blame you if you haven't, <laughs> but his love interest, Gwen Stacy, Emma Stone, who's his, who was his girlfriend in real life, mm-hmm. um, gets knocked out of a clock tower as it's crumbling down. The Green Goblin, ah, he knocked her down, uh, seeking his revenge on Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield tries to grab her. And uh, he does succeed in webbing her, but she slams her poor little delicate Emma Stone back on the ground, and she snaps her neck and dies. Uh, well, in the movie, the same thing happens, similar situation where MJ is falling off the scaffolding. Andrew Garfield um, sees an opportunity to save her when Tom Holland gets incapacitated by the goblin, and he saves her. And uh, it's going around as like one of the biggest moments of the movie where everyone cried, people cheered. Did anyone cheer in your theater for that? No, and I'm happy for it. <laughs> yeah, man, all that cheering pisses me off, dude. Yeah, it does. Me too. It's oh, terrible. man. I don't understand it. It's like I would I would do that if I was at the premiere with the actors, maybe. Like, you know, because <laughs> they can hear me. They can understand. You know, they'll be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. You know, whatever. They can't hear you, you know? Like, you're, you're And <laughs> you're clapping through, like, narrative man i saw some clips after i saw the movie because once i saw it i was free to dive into spoilers and leaks that were online and they have these theater reactions of scenes right like andrew garfield walking out of a portal and they're missing the best jokes the whole bread tossing at him stop throwing bread at me and they can't even hear it because they're so focused on just making this huge big deal out of it and i i mean i appreciate the excitement it's amazing i've Fandom is really great right now with Spider-Man, but it's just a little too much sometimes. It's like you know? the top reason I don't go see movies on opening weekend, especially Marvel movies, just because of that. Like, at least opening day anyway. I try and purposely go like a day or two after just because. Well, we live in a different world now, Paul, where everyone's doing that for every movie. It's true. Have you? How many movies this year did you see in the theater? I saw Spider-Man. I saw Encanto. Um, I saw Sing Two. Um, so kids, you've yeah, been taking your kid kids movies. to the movies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> during the day. You know, eleven o'clock showings <laughs> when they can Hell talk yeah. and all that stuff. You know, Hell yeah, it's the greatest. But you know, I, I think as far as like adult movies would probably just be Spider Man in the theater Damn. that I can think of. At well, time. HBO kind of put a big step into that. There's a lot of movies that I would have seen in the theater if HBO didn't have them on there. Like Space yeah. Jam 2, for example. I would have taken my kids to go see it. Yeah, um, Godzilla vs. Uh, King Kong would have definitely been open to see that in the theater, but I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and The Matrix, I will say I would have 100% spent money on that. I would have gone, and I would have. It would have been opening night, and I'm fucking glad I did it. <laughs> did you I, see it? I did see it. I saw it. I don't remember if it was the night that it came out or the next night, but I saw it. I liked it. I thought it was different. <laughs> <laughs> well. <Semi>. If- <laughs> The Matrix movies are anything. They're different. They <laughs> certainly are different. Well, look, to, to just wrap up Spider-Man, uh, was that a pun? Uh, it was amazing, dude. It was 
just incredible. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. Give Sony as much money as you can so they can make a PlayStation Six faster. Just it was so it amazing. Faster too. <laughs> I uh, because I'm a fanboy of Spider-Man. I want to say that it's like a ten out of ten. But you do have to suspend so much logic that Marvel themselves has created, and you just have to forget that Doctor Strange is as powerful as he is, and just kind of believe that he would need the help of someone as honestly dumb as Peter Parker. <laughs> he's the dumbest smart person I know. Yeah, man, he's a genius. <laughs> Brilliant, but, and then censor it, stupid as yeah, I... Uh, but I definitely want to talk about the Matrix, man. God, if... I was hyped for the Matrix too, not the Matrix number two. I was hyped for the Matrix also. Hearing that that was coming out after Spider Man, I was like, man, this month is just going to be amazing, you know, movie wise. And uh, it came out on HBO Max. If you like the Matrix, there's a new Matrix out. Right now. <laughs> I did haven't... not like it. <laughs> I did not like it, man. Um, I actually, I, I would, I will go on to say that I will probably never watch that movie again. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you liked it, Paul. I'm glad no, you enjoyed not. it. <laughs> no, I am because I would much rather live in a reality where I saw this movie and came out and didn't feel exactly the same way that I felt with the other two sequels, man. Yeah. It's just nothing's ever going to take me back to that first movie where there's so much mystery and intrigue that on every second I'm completely hooked on this like philosophical existential bullshit script. And I'm just like, yeah, man. Yeah. More. And in the, just the more they reveal, the more let down I am, you know, like in the matrix, uh, reloaded the second one, um, they start revealing more about the programs and their personalities. And then I start asking questions like, okay, so is their programming what makes that chick horny or is she just horny? Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? The Merovingian, the yeah, Frenchman's yeah. wife who wants to just kiss people cause she could tell they're in love. And I just, okay. I just have questions. And then the third one pops up and Oh my God, with this one, I had a lot of expectations that they weren't going to focus on anything new that they were. I, I, I honestly thought they were going to go the way of uh, um, what's the new star Wars movie with Daisy Ridley, a new hope. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no it's not, not a new hope. hope. No, it's, it's a not. joke. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. It's pretty exactly. much the exact well, same thing. <laughs> that's my point that I'm getting at is that I thought it was going to be like that. And I was going to be happy with it. If they found a way to just redo the first movie, I was pumped. But then it was a complete sequel, and I was like, no! Did we forget? Like, did we forget the Matrix sequels are fucking trash? No! <laughs> what did you like about it? I wanted, I'm curious now. I, uh, I did like the beginning of it. Um, Don't sigh when starting to talk about what you liked about What did you like about it? Oh, fuck. Well, uh... You're going to make me talk about this? <laughs> I can't just like something just to like it? Oh, God. I said I like it. Get off my fucking back. <laughs> I don't need to explain myself to you. <laughs> um, I did. I, I liked the, the beginning of it. Uh, one of the problems that I did have with it, though, was um, with them saying that Neo turned or made a game or whatever, you know, 
basically from his spoilers, I guess, if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, within the movie, uh, Neo is back in it and he pretty much doesn't have his memories, but the memories that he kind of does have that come back and forth to him, uh, he turned into a video game for the Matrix world and he's pretty much just like a gaming coder at this point. But what I didn't like is that whenever they referred to the game and just kind of went with the game, they showed clips of the actual movie from the first ones. It's like they couldn't even like attempt to put it in some kind of like video game format or something. Yeah, like like all you needed to do is put like what the cartoon uh, filter on it or something at the very least just to make it look like it's some form of video game like what kind of video games are they playing in this matrix like, that looks so realistic <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like, They're like, like, 50, is that vr in the future. yeah <laughs> actually it's funny that you mentioned that because i had the same thought but i didn't think of cg i thought why wouldn't these clips that they're showing him involve his new characters from the game or the way that they looked like in his modal, you know, like that Trinity and that Morpheus. Yeah. And if, if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, pretty much Neo dies at the end of the third matrix film. This is the fourth one. And he's all over the trailers. People were wondering what happened to him. Well, it turns out that he was resurrected. I mean, he was brought back from the dead and why he was brought back from the dead just completely flabbergasted me on how fucking poor of a reason it was because he was just a great battery like are you fucking kidding me man i was waiting for this big reason or this big reveal of like why why they're keeping him in this like mental cage to keep him plugged in and it was just so he can be plugged in like when he's around trinity they kind of they make all this power it was a letdown man i just uh I don't know, man. I just can't fucking get behind how stupid that was. Yeah. I mean, they could have even went with, like, uh, the last Airbender type thing. Not the movie, the cartoon. Uh, where it's, <laughs> you know, like, if they kill the Avatar, one will just be reborn, you know, kind of thing, you know. There Something you go. along those lines yeah, would have made okay. a little bit more sense, you know. like And I would have swallowed that a lot easier. Other than giving Neo absolutely no purpose to the machines, other than he just has a lot of energy and that kind of just sucks i would have hoped that maybe he was like their uh virus protection without him realizing it he was taking out all these viruses that would pop up in the matrix because he's able to like be the one um but i was just like thinking way too much into i was obviously thinking way more about it than the fucking writers were because they were just like no just because oh okay (laughs) I mean, like, and I feel like the movie, it had its 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 moments where some moments were like, oh, that's that's neat, and you know, blah blah blah. But I mean, you know, also, you know, you and I kind of touched on this before that the most boring parts of this movie and the other movies is when they show Zion or when they're outside of the Matrix. Yeah, and you that's know, true. I, I felt except like, for the revolutions. Yeah, because that was I mean, amazing. Like more than half of the movie, they're out of the matrix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it still has potential to to grow. I mean, obviously, if it's done in a correct way, but if it's 
How many chances are you going to give them for the correct <laughs> way, Paul? Four sequels? I say <laughs> I say correct way, but we know that's not going to happen. And my correct way is different to. than everyone else's. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel... I feel like the potential to it is, you know, them making Zion more interesting and, you know, uh, the way that they said that they witnessed machines fighting each other for the first time and, you know, things like that. I thought that was, you know, like very interesting as well as uh, when they mentioned to Neo that he's inspired other machines to kind of go against the, the main Matrix machine or whatever to help out the people in Zion or IO, or whatever they call it nowadays. IO. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that that had, like, real good inspiration to make Zion and the whole outside of the Matrix part uh, fun, because, you know, when they go into the Matrix, you know, obviously you're going to see some crazy shit and be mind-blown at certain aspects of things, because they can do more things in there, because they can go against the laws of gravity, do all that stuff or whatever. But within when they're in the real world, they can't. So damn it, now I'm a fucking human. (laughs) Yeah. So to see them having like, you know, machines fight each other and and showing what programs look like in the real world compared to how they are within the Matrix, you know, like uh, whether it was uh, I don't remember who or what her name was, but it was someone that was helping them. But they showed her robot um, outside of, of the Matrix and I thought With that was the, cool. Uh, the bead magnetic projection yeah. thing, right? I thought that was cool too. Yeah. Except it's to fucking make a strawberry. <laughs> like I, I, man, the idea is cool, right? Mm. But it leads to now taste this strawberry. Mm, good strawberry. Anyway, it just goes nowhere, man. And <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's it had- just. I guess it's the curse that. Humans are boring. We're boring. Yeah. You're in the Matrix. You're flying around. You're doing all this cool stuff. Them living their lives comfortably away from machine warfare is boring. You know what I mean? But that's, I'm sure, what they want, right? Like, they they want the boring life. Like, they had to just live underground like rats, fight and, and scrounge around for food, fight all these dangerous robots, and now they get to make strawberries. So, it's it's good for them bad for my eyes and entertainment like i just i want more problems like everything in the trailer did you notice everything in the trailer was the movie there was nothing in the movie that wasn't in the trailers not one scene that was a surprise scene no everything that you see in the trailer is like almost shot by shot how it happens in the fucking movie dude yeah the tra- oh, man, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Something else that I would like to see though is uh, like Agent Smith's um, robot. What his robot or program might look like outside of the Matrix. I think that would look cool because in the first three, he takes over the Matrix, obviously, and then Neo fights him, loses but wins at the same time because he ends up taking over, and then the machines are able to kind of you know whatever smith does get out though yes yeah so he did get out but he didn't take over the machines on the outside world which is what i think was his main problem well that was the machine's main that was the machine's main concern right yeah he was just too powerful he was about to break out 
Yeah. So I think like for them to move forward with it and make it a little bit more interesting and potentially keep going with movies is to have Smith find a way to take over both and, you know, kind of, I don't know where it would go from there, but, you know, just like for him to realize, well, my mistake was just trying to take over the matrix and not trying to take over the outside the world. world. Yeah. So it's like, you know, for him to kind of contemplate between those and maybe get machines on the outside world or the real world to get on his side, kind of like how they uh, decided to go against the machines to go with Neo uh, and what he inspired with them to have his followers go towards Agent Smith's side as well, I think would be, you know, pretty fun and like a, you know, a cool Hey, that's true because it's kind of like a yin and yang thing. If Neo inspired people on the robot side, Agent Smith will inspire people on this side. Like, hey, well, I'm with that guy with this whole totalitarian, powerful ideas. Yeah, that's that's a really good idea, Paul. I actually like that. Yeah. I'd love to see Smith coordinate an attack inside of the Matrix that people have to jack in for, only to bombard them with outside machines that they can't even defend because they're all like plugged in. Yeah. In this whole scene, I mean, but they've done that before. I mean, yeah. seems like they're always getting attacked while they're jacked in. But I I love that. That's that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. I like that way better than robot manatees, yeah. robot stingrays helping make strawberries. <laughs> but the you know the odds of uh, of something like that happening is not very good. So you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was the reason I said earlier that there's so much potential and that they can make great Matrix content is because the writer and director of this one made the Animatrix, and the Animatrix is so good, you know, yeah. and it ties into the lore. It's so interesting and. I just don't know, man. I doubt it was studio interference on this one. I think, man, I, I hate to say it, but I, I honestly think that Lana Wachowski or Lana Wachowski, she absolutely wanted to tank this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she wanted to give a big fuck you to the studios because some stuff that went into the script just seemed a little too meta to be ironic. Like the whole, um, why are we going to make a sequel to The Matrix? Why another one? Because if we don't, we'll lose the rights to it, and then someone else will get to make it. So let's just make one just to do it. You know what I mean? And it's just, wow, man, I was very surprised by that. They should have just let someone else do it. (laughs) They should have, man. Yeah. Just to see, I mean, they had three movies. They had their, or four, actually, I guess. And then... You know, they had their chance and, you know. Give it to Joss Whedon. (laughs) (laughs) Give it to Joss. (laughs) The Matrix is orange now. (laughs) And full of humor. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't get over that the climax of the movie gets shown in the trailers. The best parts are in the trailers. And the whole time I was watching that movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, like they showed all of this. They showed the cafe part where they couldn't like touch each other, the explosion, the fight in the dojo, yeah. the motorcycle chasing, even the, the all the way to the fucking ending, Paul, curving the missile, jumping off with Trinity, man. They just left out one extra 30 seconds. That's yeah. just a finale, man. And, uh, what a huge letdown. I kept thinking, like, man, they're going to turn this on us. We're going to be thinking a certain thing, and then wham, this is reality. You know, because right before that movie released, they released that whole uh, the Matrix Unreal Engine, what is yeah. real, what isn't thing. So I was just like, 
ready for something like that. And no, it was just cut and dry. Like, this is what it is. And this is the end. The end. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. No twists. No. Okay, look, I don't want to, like, say twist or necessity nowadays. But what's a Matrix movie without some fucking twists and turns, right? Yeah. I mean, damn. Especially, I mean, even in the first one, you're kind of wondering, like, you're, at first you're like, oh, yeah, Neo's the one. And then you start like, oh, I don't know if he really is What does the that one. mean? Yeah, when, and then... <laughs> like, the whole time you're wondering what is the one, you completely forget, the fuck does that even mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm acting like if I know what that means, I don't. I just want him to be the one. Are you the yeah. one, bro? <laughs> And then he misses that building, and you're like, nope, you're not the one. <laughs> hey, I remember how I felt when I saw that. I was just really let down. Do you remember that? It's just like, damn, I guess he's, gonna make it. he's, he's gonna not make the it. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the first movies to not follow formula, and we freak out. Like, what? He didn't make it? He's, but he's the hero, right? He's, he's the guy? Everybody falls the first time. It was like, oh, come on, not this guy. He's the one. <laughs> you kept saying it. I don't know what it means, but he's the one. <laughs> I wish I wished it was better. I really didn't enjoy it. Hey, can you say you liked The Matrix, though? I did. You'll say you liked it. Yeah, I did. You liked it. I, what I, would you give it out of 10? And if you get anything over a 7, and I'll shut this shit down right now. <laughs> I was going to say like a six and a half or a seven, something like that. <laughs> like 6.9. <laughs> a low oh, seven at the highest. But, you know, it's I liked it overall. But, uh, I mean, definitely the better movie would be Spider-Man just because you get more into it. And even though the logic, some logic of it doesn't make that much sense and whatnot. But, you know, it made more sense than The Matrix, I guess. So Yeah. <laughs> I just... Um... I I would I would give the Matrix Resurrection a, a fucking solid four, man. <laughs> Honestly, like I would call it a bad movie, but maybe not. Maybe I'd give it a higher score. Maybe like what you said, a five or six, because the the beginning was so sweet. Yeah, like the the first part of the movie was fucking awesome, man. And it wasn't until they got honestly to the ending that I was like, ah. I, I wanted to wrap with uh, what we've seen on TV. Caught anything good on TV? On TV, uh, Cobra Kai is probably the best. Season three? Uh, four. Season four? Yeah. Four on Paul, Netflix. I can't tell you how fucking sure, 100%, with the most confidence I have in this world, that Cobra Kai was going to go nowhere. Really? Are it was, you... Yeah. Oh, when, it, when it said YouTube Red, Ralph Macchio, Cobra Kai, YouTube Red. I was just like, poor fucking Ralph Macchio. He's just so lost in this world. He <laughs> thinks a YouTube show is like the right move to make. I'm so sorry your agent did this to you. But wow, man, like I'm happy for him that I was wrong. I mean, I, I completely was, I couldn't have been wronger, man. That's such a successful show right now. I'm probably, um, it's probably one of the shows that I've I'm the most proud of to watch, just because I got YouTube wow. 
just for oh that. yeah okay <laughs> so you're in you're an og fan i am i really am uh because i i one i didn't know anything about youtube red at the time so i you know but what I, about karate kid did you know about karate kid of course uh, everybody okay. knows about karate even kid. the hillary swank ones oh yeah yeah i oh, i think right. i probably saw the hillary swank ones a little bit before i saw the original ones yeah me too because they were they were actually around yeah yeah so uh you know, knowing all of them and stuff. And then, you know, even with uh, How I Met Your Mother and things like that, with them making appearances on there of, you know, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is like uh, the true karate kid theory <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, and then seeing Cobra Kai come out, I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know, and worst comes to worst, YouTube Red comes with uh, YouTube music anyway, so... <laughs> And uh, no ads on YouTube, so I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll take that." Which is uh, unheard of, man. No one jumps into YouTube Red, so yeah. <laughs> you're royalty. So, like, I was like, everything else I have doesn't have commercials, so might as well put it on my YouTube. Yeah. So that was uh, the top. I, I figured, you know, if the show sucks, at least I get these two things, you know, the music and commercial-free stuff. Because who who watches a video and then is like, oh damn commercial, and who keeps watching it? Like I go look at something else. Forget that, dude. That's the real social divider: people who watch ads and people who don't even put up with them. Exactly. I'm like, no. you you king. <laughs> no commercials in my house. But anyway, yeah, I I, I gave it a, an opportunity, and then even to that, like I think on the first two episodes, they were uh, letting people watch them for free. Uh, if, even if you didn't have YouTube read, because the first original two episodes kind of show um, Johnny's life in the first episode of where he's at, what he's doing, stuff like that. And then, yeah, and then the second episode is Ralph Macchio, what he's doing, you know, and so they they show their backstories on both of them, which kind of gets you hooked because then you're like, well, what's going to happen next kind of thing. And then, you know, it, it started really slow, but at not really slow because it was good, but the episodes were only 30 minutes. So it was, it, it, it hooked me in a sense because I really loved it. You know, I felt like it had good momentum, good pacing, good story. Uh, the actors you could tell were like involved into this story. Like they felt something for this story. It wasn't just. Um, yeah. They felt the money that they've been missing for 30 <laughs> fucking years. I would feel it too, man, if I was working at a car wash and they were like, hey, Ralph Macchio, you got a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even <laughs> that Ralph Macchio had been trying to get like a successful sitcom career for like years. He would have like TV pilots that weren't making it or he would have a show that couldn't come out on as a sitcom. That's how you know Ralph Macchio didn't own mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Look at every sitcom that exists, Ralph Macchio, and ask yourself why you don't have one. <laughs> so I, mean, I feel like it's a perfect example of waiting for the right material to come around and going for it. You mean he, the material money is made out of? No. Paul? no. <laughs> the writing material, because these people that write this this show are huge fan, fans of the Karate cool. Kid. Uh, they've written a lot of things about it and stuff like that. They reached and out so is uh, the main three principal, uh, like the main three characters from Karate Kid, are self-spoken huge fans too. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even know like Ralph Macchio collects Karate Kid memorabilia and yeah. you know, things that like he that. stole. 
Yeah, and then he <laughs> still the and then he buys too. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's such a great show. And then to to see it move from YouTube to Netflix, I was just like, thank God, because I felt like so many people weren't watching it just because it was on YouTube Red, which is understandable. Yeah, but even now, I'm surprised that YouTube Red hasn't gone away, and that there's still like shows that people watch a yeah. lot that are away from Cobra Kai. That's just YouTube creator stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's another thing that I'm obviously missing. Have you watched uh, Cobra Kai? Mm-mm. Dude. No, I shit on it completely <laughs> when I saw it attached to YouTube. Uh-huh. And then after that, when it came to Netflix, I came bitter that I was so wrong. So now I can't, <laughs> I can't bring myself to watch it's it. It's just a point of pride that I don't want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the Karate Kid movies and the Hillary Swank ones. I like those because I watched those first. Mm-hmm. Um the whole sand in the eyes thing. I can't see. I remember. Mm, yeah. And, uh, but it looks interesting, but I mean, uh, what's the hook? Why, why, why should I watch? What's the, why? It's just, it's a great story. Give me, give me an aspect of it that, that's just like, wow. Okay. It blends in with the, the original movies so well. Like it really does. Like, you know how. Isn't Ralph Macho the villain kind of now? Yes and no. Uh, I mean, and it's the same with Cobra Kai. Like they're the villain, and not at at first too. You know, so it, it's 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 hard to explain without really giving anything away. But the one thing that I can say to you that I know that you'll appreciate is that you know how uh, remakes or spinoffs or things like that they might refer to the material of the original, but they don't really like kind of touch base on it or whatever. With this particular show, they actually refer things from back from the original. There's even parts where they've incorporated deleted scenes from the original. Get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. You're right about them being super fans then, man. Yeah. So, like, Ralph Macho could be like, oh, well, Mr. Miyagi used to say this. Or they might show, like, a scene that I was like, because I remember, like, I don't remember that being in the movie. But then you kind of realize, oh, this is a deleted scene. That's cool, man. All right. So they kind of like reference something. So, you know, within that, it's like that alone to me is a great point to watch watch the show. But even to that, like when it's not talking about the original, uh, the story that it does have going on with like the kids that they're teaching these days and stuff like that is a great story, too. So it just all around, it's a good show. (laughs) How about you? Is there any TV show that you've watched? called yellow jackets and right now it's getting a lot of praise across the board from every one that you can think of that's involved in like pop culture uh if they've seen yellow jackets they're saying they loved it um i only checked it out because hideo kojima creator of metal gear solid and dead stranding starring norman reedus available now ps4 and ps5 <laughs> um he is an incredible game maker I love all his work, you know, and he writes incredible stories. So when he tweeted out the picture of Yellow Jacket saying, wow, amazing show, a must watch. I immediately signed up for Showtime, Paul. I'm serious. Like I I signed up, I paid for the month because I've already done the 30 days we've grown. (laughs) But I paid for the month and I started watching it and it was just fantastic, man. So to give you a quick premise, just for anyone that's listening, you know, I know our French fan, our French fan is out there. Uh, Yellow Jackets 
is the story of a championship team, a championship soccer team in high school who on their way to nationals because they won state championships, on their way to nationals, they're playing malfunctions. They crash land into the northern wilderness um, in the U.S., but they're in like the complete middle of nowhere when it's about to be cold. And it's the story of them trying to survive on their own. And they're a team that really work together. They have a leader, their team captain, their championship girls. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they do good in school. Everything that they do is like successful. Uh, and do you remember Lord of the Flies? Yeah. Lord of the Flies was amazing. You know, any situation like that where people kind of divulge into savagery will always be welcome in my heart. Okay. It's great stuff. Yeah personally but exactly the same <laughs> you know what i'm talking about like uh squid games even you know people forced in the situation where eventually they have to look at each other as enemies i love that so when i saw this show uh i started off and at first i couldn't really get into the uh the high school aspect of it you know what i mean i don't know about you paul but now i'm not in the business of watching high school seniors get finger banged okay <laughs> like on those scenes, which is very (laughs) (laughs) those scenes now, man, like Jake Cole's wet dream song. It's just fucking getting awkward. The older that I get, dude, you know what I mean? I see these teenagers doing that. I'm just like, I, it doesn't relate to me. So I'm just kind of waiting for the next part, but it does pick up when they move past like that shit. And it's just like, man, we're in the woods. We're going to fucking die out here. And they say cool shit. Like, um man being out here it's too cold like dying feels like a comfortable fucking sleep cold and it's it's true and um i i just love the direction the writing and the biggest thing that i like about it paul is that they split up um the time that they spent in the wilderness with the survivors in present time and how they're involved in this conspiracy where these people um, are reaching out to them with information that only people that were on the island would know hmm. because the whole gist is that they completely kept quiet about what they had to do to survive out there and some of the girls didn't make it back and prominently there's only four that they feature in adult life so like the mystery of who didn't survive and why and who's the leader in this sense but on over there they're just complete bullshit people yeah fascinating stuff man and uh, they even dive into the supernatural, um, which I usually hate, but they, they do it in such a, like, like a, uh, I don't, man, I don't even want to, like, I was about to drop a director's name, but I'll fucking get crucified for that shit. Uh, <laughs> it was just really well done. It was really creepy. Um, from the intro music to every ending having, like, a small little twist. It's great, man. Nice. Uh, the chemistry between the girls as kids. Versus the chemistry between them in adult life, trying to hide all that crazy shit they did there. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Are I they, recommend it to anyone. Are they different actors? Actors from when they're yeah. to adults. And the adult, yeah, they are. And the adult actors are the powerhouse names. Like, you got motherfucking Wednesday Adams, <laughs> Christina Ricci, nice. uh, in a a major role, major role, main character as the adult girl. 
And uh, her, she's like my favorite character. I'm really glad that she's in it, that she's still getting work. Uh, I never thought I'd see Wednesday Addams like in a TV show that I'm watching now regularly. Because when she came out in, in that Addams Family movie, it was like the same age that we were. You know what yeah. I mean? So she's still doing her thing. Um, Juliette Lewis, man. Juliette Lewis from, from Dust Till Dawn, Natural Born Killers. She's back too, and she plays uh, her adult self from one of the survivors from the island. And um, a couple of the characters that I remember from other movies, but like as side characters, not really anyone as big as Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci. But it is great how 40 years later, or 20 years later after the events on that crash, something is still fucking with them. Or someone is fucking with them that knows what happened out there and it's interfering with their lives that they have going on now. And they all went on to be successful in some way. So um, I didn't think to see such a great show from Showtime. Yeah, so I thought um, what amazing influence Hideo Kojima has, right? Just because I'm a video game fan and I trust him so much with the kind of content that I like. His recommendation, then, man, I probably don't even like Yellow Jackets. I'm probably so far up Hideo Kojima's ass that any whiff of something he might like, I'm like eating it up. Yeah, that's that's my Yellow Jackets tattoo on my chest. Like, so I don't know if I'm just being extremely biased. If anyone out there has watched Yellow Jackets, let me know if I'm crazy. If it's the worst show you've ever fucking seen, it's just like dog shit. Please tell me, okay? Because across the board, Paul, I mean, you see people that I follow from video game worlds, right? From movie critics to actors and movies that I really enjoy. Everyone collectively coming together in this Twitterverse to just to say, dude, Yellow Jackets is fucking bomb, dude. It's fun. I loved it. It was great. Uh, so I'll watch uh, season one of Cobra Kai. You watch season one of Yellow Jackets. We will reconvene on our next film vice, and then we'll talk on how much better Yellow Jackets is. Sounds like a deal to me. It sounds like just <laughs> one hell of a marketing scheme to me. Is it <laughs> modern marketing? That's a, that is. <laughs> Dude, the wallpaper of my wall is gonna rip, and it's gonna say "Property of Showtime." Oh shit! <laughs> let's let's. <laughs> I'm not at the Showtime offices right now. I swear. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. (laughs) 